Legends with Bevo presents the Bevo and Biggie Show. Yes, yeah, so good and welcome to the Bevo and Biggie Show once again. Uh, as you can see, I'm freezing cold here in my beanie and my big jacket on. The boys are obviously uh, in front of a heater or a fire or something with a t-shirt on, but um, introducing our, our big guest tonight, Mark Rudy, who's involved with the Invictus Games as part of the Invictus Pathways program with UDSA, and as always, our regular, the big man himself, Jordan Biggie Steffens. James, great to have you on. Great to be here. <laughs> Biggie, how's things with you, mate? All right. Mate, it's always a pleasure to be here. Um, you know, it's actually, I'm, I'm pumped to chat to Mark. I've got a whole lot of questions sitting in front of me on my phone, on my other phone here to run past the big fella. Um, you know, I'm always keen on learning something new and all that type of jazz, but um, it's always been another interesting week, mate. And I'm just going to bring this up right now. Your guys had their first loss on the weekend. How do you feel? Yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a disappointing loss, but you know, it's one of those losses that I guess we had to have eventually. And um, yeah, not worry too much about it because Port's done pretty well away from home. So um, yeah, not not worried. And Brisbane's a very good side. So yeah, we'll ta- as they say in the classics, we'll take it one one week at a time. Have you have you got a North Melbourne? Have you got a North Melbourne beanie? But you're back for Port. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, big freeze. <laughs> What's going on with that? It's a big freeze beanie. Oh, oh, no, okay. Oh, no, okay. I'll oh, excuse that. Yeah. That's gold. What about, you? That. what about you? Yeah. Who do you barrack for, Mark? Well, a long time ago, the Crows, but I've disowned them. I've sacked them. Um, so <laughs> everyone has. I, I'm just following SANFL and North Adelaide. My son plays for the development squad under 15s, North Adelaide. So I barrack SANFL now. I saw him. AFL, I, I just can't keep up with all the changes. So, you know, it's just, I'm, I've written it off. Oh, fair enough. And Biggie's pretty pumped up because he's... Mate, I hear the fingers better than yesterday in the cell anyway, Bevo. What's, What's that? that? Bevo, I hear the... The football in the SA and the fellas better than the AFL at the moment, I've been told. I'm, from yeah, everyone I hear, the SA and the fellas are actually playing better football. Yeah, they're getting more crowds. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. You can't go to local... an game, but you can go to an SNFL game. Yeah, that's right. It's good. Love the local footy. Uh, but your Tigers had a good win, mate. The Richmond Tigers against the D's yesterday, Biggie. <laughs> mate, I, I, honestly, mate, I'll take any win we can get. Um, you know, and but we've got uh, Cotton with a soft tissue injury, and Curvis with a rolled ankle, and. One more injured. This was a round of injuries. Everyone, every team just got injuries all round long. So it's one you of know. those seasons, though. I guess everyone's like you know had so long out of the game, so the bounce get injuries, aren't they? Well, that's it. But look, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the questions rolling, better, If that's okay with you, matey. I'll, of course, mate. Get in and learn a bit more about. I want to get to learn a bit more about Mark. So yeah, go you know, for it. Go for it. Richmond's only had a few wins this season, so the least I can talk about it, the better I think at the moment. So um, <laughs> <laughs> as the season goes along, and the more wins we get, the more I won't talk to our guests, and the more I'll just <laughs> rabble on about Richmond. I reckon. But but look, Mark. 
what is your role in the Invictus Pathways and, and the program with the UniSA? Sort of give us a bit of a, an idea of what you do and, and your role and, and what it involves. I'm, I'm really interested yeah, yeah. in really interested to hear. For sure. Like, it's, it's grown, I guess, organically so much since 2017. Um, I used to work for Soldron back in my early days and I created a, a, a sort of like an active well-being program, wellness, where it's more of, you know, being transitioned into the community sports, whether it be, you know, cycling, swimming, you know, archery, anything like that. I got accepted to participate in the Invictus Games in Orlando, which was the second Invictus Games after London, the inaugural one that Harry put on. And it wasn't until then, and that was in 2016, I saw the bigger picture and I saw how big this sport, uh, I guess, recovery for people who have physical injuries and the invisible wounds being PTS um, are using to rehabilitate and recover and reintegrating back into the society. So there were like 500 of us at Orlando, you know, of all diff 15 different countries. And it was amazing. And you, you, you felt belonged again and felt part of something. Because when you're in the military, you know, you, you, you work, you eat, you sleep with your colleagues, basically, you know. Um, and you transition out and you lose all that belonging and camaraderie. So, yeah, it, it grew from that and Toronto was the following year I didn't make the team so <laughs> I, uh, I in Orlando I did cycling rowing and um, seated yeah, volleyball yeah I was about to ask what you've done um, at those, at those yeah things. yeah which, seated which, volleyball which, which is a different I, I'm, I'm, I'm good at standing up volleyball but seated volleyball I tell you it's a different technique <laughs> it's like crab walking and your bum's got to stay on the ground you know yeah. <laughs> and your bum can't lift off the ground and it's just oh, it's it's a good technical game it's <laughs> It's um and it's great that the guys I mean we're free to call on amputees and all that and the guys have lost their legs and all that and they're involved with us you know we have able-bodied uh, participants mm. competitors and then we have the, the the amps you know the guys have lost an arm lost a leg in, in in war and in an accident so they come in board on board with it same with the wheelchair sports you can have able-bodied people playing wheelchair so after Toronto I'm going to sure. talk on here. Uh, Keep it rolling, mate. Yeah. After Toronto, <laughs> after Toronto, I I transitioned to the Hospital Research Foundation, um, and at that time, I was talking to the university, and we had selection camp. I didn't make the Toronto team in 2017. I thought, well, how can we make these things better? You know, for veterans, because you know we had 180 applicants for a team of 42. You know. Um, so all these veterans are walking up to selection camp and they don't know what level they need to be at. So I was talking to some university contacts and it was then that they said, well, this could work both ways because the uni students in their third year of exercise physiology, um, psych, um, nutrition need participation hours. And I said, well, I've got the veterans, you know, to give you that. One and so we sort of formulated like a mini institute of sport for veterans. So good, and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get a personal trainer three times a week. They and and it's good for the students because the students are challenged to not 
get their mum and dad in to do their participation hours. They're challenged now because I've got veterans in wheelchairs, I've got veterans who can't move their right arm, shoulder. So they're challenged. They're challenges to students in a teaching environment, you know. So it, it's great. So it, it, it's a win-win and it's just grown so much since then, you know. Um, yeah, so I was at the road home for two years and then we decided we want to expand the program. We trademarked it with the and we let the foundation, Harry's Foundation in London know and they were really interested. They came over in November to look at it and they're keen to have it in the UK. Uh, we want to send it to America, hopefully when they calm down with their COVID crap. So, um, and then Brisbane, ACU in Brisbane are going to take it up and we're trying to talk with somebody in Perth so, um, to awesome. bring it in there. Yeah, so yeah. we want it nationally first. We want to grow it nationally first and the only way to do that was for me to move over to the university and not be like an ex-service organisation charity but come under the university umbrella. So the Row Home still supports the program, funding my position, and then I just grow it. And it's gotten bigger ever since November last year. So yeah. And obviously you mentioned before COVID, Mark, and um, you know it's a, it's a shitty situation for all of us at the moment. But um, how's it affected your current role? Well, being an ex-combat logistics military in the army, <laughs> I could see what was happening. And I think it was back in February, I rang up the head coach for the Invictus Games, who's in Canberra, and I said, I think we need to might order some uh, virtual training equipment. I think we're going to go into lockdown. And he had the same opinion. So we went and bought 12 of those TAPS personal cycling trainers, you mm-hmm. know, and you can put recumbent bikes on them, the trikes yeah. and all that on them, and you go on that Zwift, that virtual world Zwift cycling. They're platform. so good. They're yeah, so good. Yeah. yeah. So we bought 12 of them. Mm-hmm and shipped them out to all the veterans who were in the Invictus team around Australia, right? So, and then we got, and some of them have got the Bluetooth treadmills so they can run on Zwift and do their running. Um, And then we ran the Uni Invictus Pathways program, ran Zwift wellbeing training exercise physiology uh, group sessions. So at one time we had 23 on Zoom doing a group session. You know, oh, yeah. and you had the students, you had the students doing their thing. Okay, you know, you had to do all these exercises and core strength and all that. So that was really good. So we kept busy. Um, we, we, we kept fit and it was amazing that we could use technology like Zwift. I mean, there was at one time, not a whole population of the world, there was 27,000 27, people. And it broke the servers cycling on that Zwift platform. Wow. That's how popular. Because you've got all the pro cycling teams who can't yeah. ride. So they go on Zwift. And now they're having the Tour de France on there. Yeah, I didn't see Zwift, that. On Zwift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's so cool. It's so, so, we, we, so good. We coped all right. And then I got um, the mental health commissioner here who, who's good friends with. He, he hit me up and said, how's the veterans going? I said, we know what veterans are like. You lock them down in a the house, they'll love it. I said, it's hard to get them out of the house to do exercise or anything, but you put them in a lockdown situation, they go, yeah, no worries, we'll just watch Netflix and binge eat. <laughs> so, so I said, you don't have to worry about veterans' mental health. They're pretty strong and resilient on lockdowns. So um, but we, we, got, we got them active, so that was good. My question, how did you end up in the role that you're in? Like what, what <sighs> you know, you covered it a little bit before, but, you know, how was the real nitty-gritty of 
where yeah. you ended up. Yeah, driving. okay. Well, I left the army in 2006. I, I spent 16 years in the army and probably seven years overseas on operations. So my role was a combat logistics specialist. So I was attached to special forces for about four years. So I was always away, first in, last out, because uh, they all go heavy um, when they uh, deploy overseas. And so I spent 12 months in Iraq. Um, then I was embedded with the US Air Force, all Solomon Islands, Bougainville, Papua New Guinea, Philippines, East Timor, um, Afghanistan, and Border Patrol, uh, the Border Patrol for the ref, uh, for the um, when the refugees come out. So I had a bit of a full-on time in the military. Mm. And then I got out. I had young children and, and worked at Lockheed Martin for 10 years in defence industry still on the radar systems as a logistics. Oh, wow, manager. that would have been cool. Yeah. It was a good job. Different as well. But this is where we talk about transition and you go into a corporate world. Yeah, some of them may be, may be ex-defence, but some of them may be, you know, corporate engineers, hardware engineers mm. who've never spent their time in the military. But there was no camaraderie. Everyone wasn't working as a team. It was like who could get to the ladder, climb the corporate ladder higher, you know. And I just burnt out after 10 years and I left a six-figure salary job and decided to go volunteer at Soldier On and do something to give back because I was going through my own issues I because uh, I've got three injuries. I've got a knee injury from a helicopter accident. I've got a back injury from a uh, mortar incident in Iraq and I've got PTSD. So I broke down and I needed a rest and I, I, and I was bent but not broken is what we try to say in the veteran world. We never break, we just bend. Awesome. Get, and, and we try and straighten ourselves up um, as best as we can. And now my, my goal is I, I see these veterans come in my office wanting to do these programs and he, she are, are like so upset, so pale so they're not eating they're not sleeping and we try and get them on the right track get them a clinical pathways if we need to on the right psychiatrist give them the, uh, a wellness type pathway and then you know 10 percent of them might want to do the games some of them don't some just want to do the wellness and and, and be happy but the 10 percent that do the games and then you and i see them at the start line of if it's the warrior games or if it's the regional master games if it's invictus games and they've got a smile on their face and i walk away and they go hey where are you going reedy and i go well my mission is done i got you here you're smiling you're at the start line and whatever you do from now is you it's not me Love so it. yeah yeah and that's and that's why i guess is inspired me to keep going and i guess why the program's gotten so big so yeah and the Invictus Games themselves, Mark, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but for people that don't know much about it, mate, what are the events involved and, and sort of how do people or who can be involved in it, so to speak? Yeah, so um, so our program's actually involved with first responders now and we, you know, the fireys, the, the police, the AMBOs, um, CFS, uh, Frontline Medical now because of COVID, we invite them into the program here in South Australia and the activities and their families can join the activities, which is like kayaking days, mountain biking days, which we've got one this weekend. But any other activities where they want to compete in, uh, if it's if they're first responders, they can't go to Invictus. It's only for the wounded, injured and sick uh, veterans. Um, and military, they can be current serving as well as ex-serving. 
Um, but they've got to meet a sort of criteria as well if they're current serving. And ex-serving got to meet not as stringent criteria. But, um, yeah, so there's now 18 countries in the Invictus Games. Um, I think Japan and South Korea were the ones, the latest ones that were allowed in to compete. So we have that for them. And not everyone, the Invictus Games has gotten very competitive. It has. And it's run on the Paralympic sports code. They have all different codes, you know. You could be a, a cat three if you've got an amputee or a spinal cord injury or anything like that. So, yeah, you've got to even it out. So it's getting really, really in the spotlight. Whereas the Warrior Games, we get an invite to, and that's the US version of that, but they send an invite to the UK, uh, Canada, uh, Australia, and a European country. It gets selected randomly each year, but we're always going. That's more of a social games, more interactive, where you will, yeah, you compete for medals, but it's not all about the medals. It's about, it's about uh, building the foundation of friendships and, and social interaction again. So we like going to the worry games because we'll test our competitors in that team if they're ready to go to the next step and compete in, in um, the Invictus Games. So, yeah, we call it exposure therapy. <laughs> so we put them in that and go, well, if they're going to flip out or they're under pressure or they're going to handle it, we'll see how they're going there. So, and, mate, they're, and they're run every year. So, yeah. You, you're just a, you're a bloody legend, mate. You really are. Like, just, you know, over, just listen to the stories, mate. It's, it's unreal from the Defence Force stuff that you've done, you know, through to this now. It, you know, you're obviously in the Defence Force for a fair few years and you kind of went into a little bit before, but... What was your sort of main area in the Defence Force when you were uh, uh, in it full time? Um, where were you sort of, where were you sort of structured into that? So I, I was a combat logistics specialist, but my specialty there's three areas: there's air, land, and sea. Yep. And I mainly did air and land. So uh, sorry, uh, sea and land. So amphibious ships. Uh, beach assaults, setting up beach assaults, uh, loading the amphibious ships. I did all that. I was on a ship for, for about four years, HMAS Tobruk. Um, and it wasn't a really luxurious ship. It was pretty old. Uh, it was built in 81. So it, it wasn't, a, uh, you know, the ones they got now, I've, I've been on them and they're fantastic. Um, and then I did air. So all the air cargo. Um, and then so we, when I was with the SAS and they went into Iraq, I would then, they would then send me a list of what they needed and we'd airdrop it by parachute. So I'd be in the plane, we'd rig it all up, take it on the, on the, the C-130 and then it would be all rigged with parachutes. They'll give us the coordinates and logistics, you know, and then we'll just push off the back of the planes, you know, things like that. And then we'd also do a bit of um, resupply by vehicle. But uh, when you're in a hot zone, it's usually by air. So it was ammunition, yeah, water, food, equipment. Sometimes, you know, I've pushed a trailer, a one-ton trailer off the back of the plane with a parachute, things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah Mate, that's amazing. Different. amazing. You should have been a strongman. <laughs> Mate, yeah. you should have been a strongman before you are in the military pushing <laughs> yeah. off a one-ton trailer, mate. Yeah. Hey, geez, Louise. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you could have given me some tips on how to fly, mate. <laughs> this is yeah, another. I'd like, like to get. I'd like to get the tug of war sport into Invictus because I used to play to, uh, B 
be part of the tug of war team on the ship, on the oh. navy ships, yeah. for the army detachment. And I love that. That was good. So yeah, Unreal. yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, speaking of awesome, mate, this is uh, I mean, I'm sure Biggie's envious because I'm certainly very envious about. Um, meeting the great Prince Harry. That would have been pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Hazza. We call him Hazza. <laughs> <laughs> he just seems like a real lad's lad. Is that a fair thing? I saw a break. Oh, he is. I broke protocol in 2016 when I first met him. And I just grabbed him by his shoulder. I said, come on and say hello to the Aussies. And he went, oh, okay. And I didn't know what to expect. And then... In Toronto, I got flown over to Toronto and I was honoured to be invited to speak at his symposium. He has a symposium at the Invictus Games on mental health and they have a theme. This one was on families and families interacting with veterans in recovery. And then I got to have a meeting with him for about 15 minutes in Toronto and we discussed the Invictus Pathways program. He loved it. And then we ended up briefing him once a year on it. So and we do that now. So yeah, and then I saw him in Sydney. Nice bloke. He's yeah. He's he has three personalities. Well, he doesn't probably has two now. Um, he had his royal <laughs> personality. That's probably gone. Harry, if you're listening, don't don't worry about that. <laughs> and, then, and then you got his veteran personality, where he's like like us. He'd be like us having a joke, you know, talking freely, whatever he wants. And then he's got his private life, you know, with, with now with his Megan and his uh, son. So, yeah. So, yeah, that, uh, with Archie and that. So, the, he's a very uh, down-to-earth guy. Yeah. Practical you know, joker, like too. Yeah. That's so cool that you got to meet him. And, and yeah. you know, it's it, amazing that someone like that can be, you know, because we lose track that he is a person at the same time and, and yeah. you know, a, a military guy and, and all that type of stuff as well, yeah. you know. It's, we do lose context of that, especially, you know, especially the royal family has been in a military thing for a long time. Even, uh, you know, the Queen was, uh, you know, I believe a mechanic. Is that correct? When she yeah, yeah, she was. But Harry was the first royal to actually go over what we call go over the wire, which is <laughs> going over in the front line. And he was just like, um, he, he was a... a, a JTAG, what we call a JTAG. So he'd, he'd, he'd be putting the targets on on the enemy for the aircraft. So he'd be right forward. And that's what he used to do. Wow. And then when he, got, when he got sent back, he was so angry because the media released it. He was over there and there was supposed to be a blackout, right? And he got sent back because of his security. And then he went and trained to be a, an Apache helicopter pilot. And they said, no, you can't do it. You haven't got the enough grades in school. When you were at school and at uni, you didn't get the quite. And he goes, no, I want to do it. So he did. And he went back as an Apache helicopter pilot. So That's you know, he's got mental health problems just as much as we all have. And sometimes we've got to remind on Twitter, there's a whole band of us that remind the media in the UK that, hey, he was a soldier and, you know, treating with a bit of respect and he's got some things going on and he needs space, you know, and like awesome. all of us yeah. sometimes. So, so good. Yeah, Mark, just, <laughs> just on that, because obviously you know, so many people are going through tough times <clears throat> with COVID and people losing their jobs left, right and centre and you know, mental health is, is just such a, it's, it's such a beast. Um, and PTSD is, you know, such a common thing with people that have been involved in the military. What sort of advice do you have for these people that might be watching this 
or listening to it that have actually got PTSD and, and you know, what sort of advice do you have for them for how to overcome this? Well, yeah, so I was in denial for like six years, all right? And that was in uniform and out of uniform in that transition. And then I, I, my wife at the time, we're, we're now set divorce, but that was back in 2006. She kept saying, you need help, you need help, you need help. I said, yeah, well, if I do, I do, you know, and I wouldn't, I'd be in so negative about it all because it was still a stigma back then and it still is in some certain bits today but not as bad as it was back when I was in the army. So what I say now is there's so much out there for well-being, wellness, clinical pathways that we can all help each other and we just need to put our hand up and whether it's to a mate at a bar or you're cycling with a group of blokes or girls and chatting around and or playing wheelchair basketball you just talk about it you just it's that environment now where you can just you should be able to feel at ease talking about it and you know i've shot i had i went through eight psychologists you know until i could find the right one and it's it gets really annoying sometimes to tell your story over and over again so i used to just write a i used to write a dot point out and then i give it to the psychologist like hey, can you help me because that's what you're going to be dealing with and then some young psychologists will go white and pale and start going, oh, no, I think I'll refer you to someone else. But you need to be open, I guess, about your what we call invisible wounds of PTS. You need to be open about that. You need to be prepared within yourself to talk about things that are affecting you. And that's why I say talk to your mates. And sometimes there could be the best psychologist, your mates. Well said. It, it's it's amazing, Mark. Listening to you talk is kind of like listening to a, a friend of mine who, who went through something with PSD quite similar to you. His name is uh, Commander Grant Edwards. Uh, he's a federal police officer. That oh that yes, yes, yes. So yep. Grant was actually one of my, I guess, mentors as a young strong man growing up, um, and was you know a part of a team dealing with child ex. Exploitation and stuff like that. So oh, that, just saw yeah. nasty, nasty, nasty stuff all around the world. And you know, this guy was one of the strongest guys in the world. And you know, again, the story sounds very similar. For years and years, had a very similar situation in denial of the whole situation, and then obviously has the strength, like yourself, to you know take on board everything and, and move forward. And, and you know, just I guess come to a sense of things and, and having the right people around you to help you with those types of things and, and really build up what you've done and, and everything you've become to this day. And it's it's just so awesome for me to sit back and hear you talk and hear him talk about these tough times that you've been through and where you've come out the other end. And it's just unbelievable because these are things uh, personally that I could never, I, I can only imagine how, hard it would be you know and like i said yeah. it's a really cool thing to sit back and hear you talk about it really it, is. yeah and talking about it now is good for me you know yeah. back then i could but now you go for that transition and you're helping so many other people out there and you see how bad they're going through things and and you can tell them well hey i tried this try that pathway or i tried this program for, um, you know, a group therapy program for veterans and first responders. Try that one. You know, it's, not everything will work, but 
certain things can be tailored around certain individuals who come into our program or come into my office. They don't want to join a program, but they need help in networking or connecting. We've got so many connections, Adelaide especially. It's, it's, it's fantastic that we can all, you know, I've got so many psychologists and psychiatrists on call for at-risk veterans and first responders that can get in to see somebody within 48 hours, whereas normally you've got to wait five weeks, six weeks. And to have that for our for our emergency services and military people is is something very special to have here in Adelaide. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's, awesome. And, that's really awesome. And where to from here, mate? Like, what's the plans going forward? Yeah, well, um, we're expanding. Like I said, we're hoping to get into Brisbane and Perth. <laughs> Once this, I don't know when we're going to be able to travel overseas. I was supposed to go away three times this year overseas. It was going to be my year to travel. You and me both, mate. <laughs> I was supposed to go to America and Bali, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go to Netherlands. I was supposed to go to Bali for a holiday. I was supposed to go to Texas and um, for the Warrior Games. And I was going to make a holiday out of it. And oh. No, no. So where to from here? No, we just want to grow the program. We just want, we want other universities to take it on. And we're not, you know... It doesn't cost anything. We, we, we trademarked it. We did the, the governance and uh, corporate governance around it and the procedures and the intellectual property to package it up like a franchise. So it can go to University, you know, Brisbane. It can go to Perth. It can go wherever. And we just want to share it because we think it should be for everyone to access, not just in South Australia. So, yeah. So that's my plan to, to grow it. And we've got the Invictus team still training. So we're waiting for a date, and I dare say it won't be until after July, to go to the Netherlands in 2021. And we're supposed to be there this year. So we're still training. We've got two training camps in October. So in Adelaide, the Invictus Pathways Program does the training camps for swimming and cycling for the whole Australian team. So they all fly in from Australia, around Australia, the veterans who are in the team in the squad and we run the camps here there is talk and i can say it i'm allowed to say it but we're thinking once this travel bubbles created we've invited the new zealand defense force invictus games team to come over and do a mini games type of thing in adelaide so that's what we're looking at at the moment awesome. that'll probably be november january so it gives them something to um to do you know because there's so much gap now for them to come because they're all ready to go, and then all of a yeah. sudden they go away another year. That's and we're going to get cool. the first responders in. We're going to try and get a first responder team. So we'll have, like, the, the Kiwis. We'll have the Aussie Invictus, the Aussie Warrior Games, Invictus Pathways Program, and a first responder. So that's what we're trying to do. Cool. Um, hopefully <laughs> I can pull it off with all my networks. See what happens. I've got to talk well, mate, to if I can help, if we can help promote it in any way, sing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll <laughs> sing out. But that's Anything what we're trying to do, do, just to keep them occupied anyway. Well, Jordan's probably going to be pulling more planes or either pull, pull trains or, you know, break. Oh, yeah, we could do that. Or, well, yeah. yeah, Mark, I think you and me are going to have to have a little bit of a chat off <laughs> the recording, <laughs> offline type things because, you know, there's been a, a few things in the works behind the scenes and I'm not going to say too much out loud because I'm one of those types of people that likes to keep everything closed until the lines, you know, the eyes have been dotted. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't want to say anything too early and it not happen, but there's been some things in the past talking with certain people about certain things happening. So um, 
I think. Uh, I'll, I'll look forward to hearing about that. Offline, I think. Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, Devo, you're, Devo, you're cheeky, mate. You're trying to get me to say something online, aren't you? I know <laughs> mate, you know, you know me. I, oh, I, saw, I saw the other day something pretty cool. Uh, Mark, the big fella here, was actually breaking baseball bats with his own bare hands. I'll, I'll put up oh. the link on the, on the video. I'll put the link up after. But <laughs> Some of us just have way too much spare time on our hands. And yeah. um, <laughs> I can tell you now, my leg was killing me after that because I actually, between you and me and everyone that's going to watch this, um, you know, I, you've got to actually sort of get the idea of which way to hold the bat before you snap it. And George, uh, right yeah. highly, you know, knowledgeable on this type of stuff, probably stronger than he is smarter most days of the week, uh, was doing it the wrong way for the first half an hour. And then once he got it right, it was pretty easy to snap. So, um, yeah, I like to make things really difficult for myself, you know, to <laughs> probably try and prove how strong I am in the stupidest way possible. Yeah, I just keep falling off bikes down here at 80 kilometres an hour wearing lycra. So don't worry about that. Oh, That's not stupid. That's stupid. And getting skin grafts on all your right leg. So, yeah, yeah keep I got injured in the army, but. I get injured more riding a bike these days. I can't stay upright on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, classic. Going. Mark, just quickly, this footy season's been all over the place. We did chat before. You're, you're looking into more of the SANFL side of things now. Yeah. But what, what's your I sacked the Crows. Let's, <laughs> let's put that on record. I sacked the crows so we've got a sacking of the crows right here along yeah. with the rest of their supporters I at the moment. Them. yeah, yeah. Um, what, what's your thoughts on the the hubs that they're doing obviously the victorian teams have been taken out of their state and put around the country and you were just mm. chatting before about the hub that they're going to probably set up between australia and new zealand when victoria can get their act together because guess what who would want to come to south australia when covid <laughs> on the month yeah. in Melbourne? You know Didn't that backfire a bit, that comment. <laughs> anyway. Oh dear. He just wasn't having a great week that week, was he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something about, thing, isn't it? something <laughs> about branch stacking, stacking branches. I thought that was something that happened in a park, but anyway, my dog <laughs> does that. <laughs> so um no, I, I, oh, I got to tell you, I feel sorry for AFL teams because one thing that one thing that we love is structure. In our, you know, I make sure of that, and I love that because being an ex logistician, I make sure our camps have got structure. We know when we're going. We know dates. And at the moment, we don't know a date for next year, but we've we've put dates out to our our teams to say, well, okay, these are the camps, and this is a potential that's happening. You know, they know. I think. It's been so ad hoc, from the way I see it, I've been reading in the papers, it's been so ad hoc and you didn't know where they were going to Queensland in the hub or they're going to have it in South Australia. Now we don't know what's going to happen because of Victoria and the grand final. I think their mental, just their mental, I guess, capacity of, of being in that zone is, is it's quite tinkered because they'll be everywhere, you know, and, and it's so disruptive, I think, and... And that's just the way I look at it. It's so I just look at it as how I would play it out, and it's so disruptive, and you don't know if you're Arthur or Martha, and you don't know where you're going. Um, yeah, that's yeah, just the way it's I look one of those things, it. isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But it's good to see the ASA NFL getting some crowds at their games. 
That's yes, all I can say. Back to the, the uh, suburban grounds this weekend, mate, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Better, better brand of football, mate. Absolutely. Oh, SNL yeah. is showing the AFL, I think, how it's played at the moment. And um, yeah, I think more they can take the tip for two. More, more yeah, high scoring really. and stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's no, good. Yeah. yeah. Well, well right. Mark Reedy, thank you so much for joining us today on the Bevo and Biggie Show, mate. It's been a real pleasure story so far. Nah, um, keep happy. up the great work with, with all the Invictus Pathway stuff, mate, and uh, we look forward to, to watching your journey go forward. For sure. And let's share all of our um, experiences together. Let's get on that in social media and make the awareness out there for what you guys are doing and what we're doing. And it's great. And that's how it's all supposed to work. But thanks for uh-huh. having me, guys. It's been great. Love it, mate. You're a bloody legend, Mark. Yeah. All right. Biggie, as See always, you, mate, thank you so much. Keep up, keep up the no uh, great work. I look forward to watching what you're going to break next, mate. <laughs> <laughs> probably my the probably the Swift trainer in the garage. <laughs> if I fall off that, well, that's saying something. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, legends, take care. Thanks again. All right, see ya. Catch you later.